0: Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest on the podcast today, Seabass of WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee. Seabass appears on our guest line today. The guest line is presented by Bowl & Branch, started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. I had no clue How comfortable Bowling Branch sheets could be until I got some. They are Fair Trade certified, meaning they are made under safe conditions by men and women treated and paid fairly. Try them free for a month. You can return them, but you won't want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to BowlingBranch.com. That is spelled B-O-L-L. Enter the promo code VANDY and get $50 off your first set of sheets. Our news is presented by our good friends at Sutherland and Belk, an SEC sports-loving injury firm in Nashville. These guys will shoot you straight on your rights and options when you have been injured in an accident. Please call them at 615-846-6200 to get your questions answered. You can also visit them online at sbinjurylaw.com. Well, Vanderbilt has a continued presence in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Dansby Swanson and Kyle Wright's Braves have taken a 2-0 lead on the Marlins in that series. That's a best of five. And Walker Bueller helped get the Dodgers off to a good start in game one of the Dodgers series with San Diego. Bueller pitches four innings, strikes out eight, has to leave early with the high pitch count. The Dodgers wind up winning that game. Bueller did not get the win because he did not go five innings. But anyway, had a big hand and a big playoff win for the Dodgers. Seabass joins us from WNWs in Jackson, Tennessee, where he's been a talk show host for about two decades. He has been an original on this podcast. He's a good friend of mine. Thank you for joining us today, my man.
1: And easily the sexiest guest that you weekly guest that you have by a long long way. What's going on, brother? I mean, that goes without mentioning. Sometimes it needs to be mentioned. I want to make sure everybody knows it, just in case. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, it's been an interesting week for me.
0: I, By the way, my Braves are 2-0, and so that's interesting as well. But, uh, yeah, crazy times on the VandySports.com beat, my man.
1: Yeah, a little bit, uh, as, as much as you can be on the beat. <laughs> as much as you can be on the dead gum beat. Uh, yeah, how, how about that game versus LSU was everything we didn't want and more.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, and I've said this on another podcast episode or two, but frankly, that just looks so much like last year's team all over
1: again. It did, and that was a problem because we lauded the the new coordinators and and the difference that you can see that they were clearly making, and I and I really they really did. I mean they they did in in College Station, Texas, but that looked a whole lot like last year last Saturday, you know. And yeah, you know, I know that LSU came out with a ship on their shoulder, and I know Derek Stingley was playing, but. You know, most of, their, most of their of their starters from last year are on, on NFL roster right now. And the way they thoroughly dominated the Commodore Saturday was, you know, and, and the bad part about it is is Vanderbilt had its chances. Were they going to win that game? No. They were not the better football team, and they weren't going to win it. But they had their chances, you know, and, and, and the play that sticks out to me, I know they had a chance there in the first half, and I think about that wheel route uh, to Marlowe. He catches that football as a touchdown. It's just bottom line. He catches that football as a there's no one there and no one's catching him from behind. And you know, you just you have to make that catch. There's no there's no other two ways about it. You have no choice. You must make that catch because here's what I can tell you. And when somebody's playing us, they make that catch. You know. They Is don't that, drop that football. We did.
0: This hasn't occurred to me till just now, but what did you see different first half and second half because they get, what, 201 yards of total offense in the first half does Vanderbilt. The second half, yeah. it was like 60. Now, I know that Ken Seals was running for his life the entire second half. Maybe it was just that simple. What did you see that was different in the halves?
1: Well, I don't know if so much is, is different, but I'm seeing such a – I'm such a a a, a personnel – uh, movement on that offensive line. Unlike anything I see. you know what I mean? I mean, it's different players. It's the same players playing different positions. Uh, you know, I know they're trying to find the right formula. I I certainly understand that. Uh, it's, it's hard to try to find it in the middle of a game against a team like LSU. Uh, the one thing I would say on the offensive line, and I mean, look, was he perfect by no means, but I can tell, uh, right away that uh, yeah, I, I think I think that Bradley Ashmore has a little bit of bull in him. You know what I mean? I think he's going to be a player. I mean, he's young; he's true freshman right now, and being a true freshman tackle on the SEC kind of difficult. But uh, I see, I see promise. I see potential out of him. One thing that's, uh, uh, that that uh, troubled me, whether it was Mignon or Ashmore whoever, is from the right side of the offensive line. Uh, you, it looks to me like you're going to have to help. You're going to have to put a tight end over. and You have to do something uh, because LSU was getting too much pressure without bringing anybody. They didn't have to get. They didn't have to try to get home. They were already home, and they were doing it not bringing anybody. They bring, you know, you rush four people and you get there. And not only that, I mean, Seals didn't even have a chance to set up from his right side. Not, you know, it wasn't his line of vision, and that's the good side of things. But he could never get set because i mean, the pressure off the right edge. It seemed like it was there instantaneously for me.
0: Oh, that's the same game that I saw. The right side of their line just seems to be a real trouble place. That's horrible grammar there, but it seems like their left side for Miller over got some things done in the run game at the time. Now I'm looking at the pro football focus grades and I don't know that they necessarily show as dramatic a difference as I was thinking I was seeing. And sometimes lineman grades can be all over the place with them. So, I think they do a fairly good job of what they do and it's all we have, right? Because I'm not going to sit there and go back and try to grade every offensive lineman and we don't know the assignments either, which is a thing that they yeah, run true. into in terms of difficulty. But it seems to me like they can do some things running the football, going to the left side. And I think the pass pro, well, I don't know if the pass pro has been great anywhere lately, but it seems like that's one thing maybe they have. Am I seeing things when I'm watching it, or are you seeing the same thing?
1: No, I think that's probably right. By the way, what was the PFF grade on 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 Miller? Because, you know, I I haven't been, you know, people say before the season, oh, Miller, Miller's just kill us, kill us, kill us. I don't really feel like he's been that big of a problem. No, he's not been bad. He graded
0: a 60.3, which is not a great grade, but I thought when really? I watched him, he seemed to play better than that. Ashmore, by the way, graded a 64 uh was the second highest graded lineman behind Steen, who was a sixty six point five.
1: Right, right. So nobody's nobody's doing great by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, there were some players that I thought uh, that really had tough games. I, honestly, and I thought Elijah Hamilton had a very tough game. You know, I it just I, he, he there were a couple plays that I saw. I don't know what his grade was, but I saw a couple plays, and I just thought he was bad out of position or way late. Uh, y-, y you know, I mean, now what I will say is uh, and I know he's young, but man, uh, and I know a lot of people are saying that, uh, boy, coffin plays with that juice, you know, with that, that certain something we don't we see a whole lot of that we that we see in other teams. And I agree lot more of those guys you know what I'm saying a lot more guys like that uh he wants it you know he's ready he he's not backing down from anything nearly busted a kickoff and I think Donovan's going to be a mainstay on our football team for a long time
0: yeah Hamilton graded a 28 on defense which is the worst that anyone graded on the entire team for the reasons that you and I both saw I thought that he just took a horrible angle on the play that um what was it, Terrace Marshall, the fifty-one yard touchdown? I think it was him. Yeah, the play was there to yeah. be made; those, he just those didn't are make a it.
1: Plays.
0: Yeah, and I've always thought he's Hamilton a better
1: player than that. He's a better player than that. Link should help, and it just hadn't.
0: Been. Yeah, I have thought so too. I've watched him in practice. I always thought he's a kid. Two years ago, I was thinking, okay, he's a kid that's got a shan- a chance to play. If he's not behind Jawan Williams, and Williams leaves, and he's not really a factor last year, and and anyway, he finally gets a chance, and it just did not translate at all against LSU.
1: Yeah, no, this was a, we just, Chris looked bad. There's just no other way to put it. You know, we had our chances in the first half. Didn't, didn't come through on several of them. Uh, Like I said, well, we're going to beat LSU. No, they're better than we are. They just are. But the second half, the the thing that concerns me was the second half. I don't want to say effort because I don't think they're not trying, but it just, it just reeked of what we're used to and College Station did not, even though they didn't win that football game and found, did it, made a few plays that kind of cost them, uh, that that looked different. You know what I'm saying? That looked like a different type of Vanderbilt. You know, there's a bunch of different ways to lose a football game. I don't ever want to lose one. I'm never satisfied with one, but I was completely satisfied with the effort in College Station. I cannot say that about what I saw in Nashville.
0: I don't think they're the team they showed in College Station. I don't think they're quite as bad as they looked against LSU. uh, But I don't find a lot of hope they're going to win, maybe more than a game or two, if that. I think that the next three are key. They've got to get one somewhere between Missouri, South Carolina, and Ole Miss because those are the worst three teams left on the schedule. Well,
1: you know, the thing about the Ole Miss deal is, I I mean, I just – I mean, I, I don't know how they stopped that Ole Miss offense, you, you know, so what we have to do is win a track meet. Generally, we don't do well winning track meets. I don't know how to move the ball uh, through on the air, excuse me, uh, on the ground for sure, uh, which should help Seals do some things here and there. Uh, but, I mean, I, I would have a hard time envisioning us beating Ole Miss. Uh, to me, you know, You know, I said three last week. I got to walk it back down. Even though I'm not overly enamored with South Carolina or Missouri. uh, I mean, and I I think Missouri probably represents the best chance uh, to win a football game. Are we better than Missouri? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I've seen them play Alabama and Tennessee, two very good football teams, and they were clearly outmatched in both of those teams, uh, against both of those teams. But, I mean, are we better than Missouri? I don't know. Maybe.
0: Well, I don't think they're better than any of the teams they're playing, but that doesn't always dictate how football games go. I look statistically, the South Carolina matchup, and I will go over the reasons why when I do Friday's podcast with Kevin Ingram, but I think statistically it's an ideal matchup for them. The problem with Carolina is Carolina always seems to know something. I think Will Muschamp and Mason are both defensive coaches must champ seems to be better at finding whatever edge that is when those two lock horns. Now, some of it is, I think, and probably most of it is just athletes. I just think that South Carolina, even when it's not a great Carolina team, Carolina always puts better athletes on the field across the board. And I think that's the difference. And frankly, that's why I'm not as optimistic about them winning Saturday.
1: Yeah, you know, the... Well, I mean, think about South Carolina. Look, they've got one premium receiver. There's not much I'm worried about after that. I think Colin Hill's a decent quarterback. I mean, I would say he's on the bottom half of the quarterbacks that Vanderbilt will probably face this year. Um, I mean, look, I don't mean, know way to put it. This, I've watched both South Carolina games. They're okay. They're not one of the better South Carolina teams. Uh, here's what I will say. Uh, desperate times call for desperate measures, and South Carolina knows. Because, look, they've already played Florida and Tennessee, that's true. But Will Muschamp knows he is by far on the hottest seat in the Southeastern Conference. That probably should belong to Coach Mason, but we don't have hot seats here. Um, So, I mean, it's one of those deals where, you know, if he's going to do it, it's going to be this week. Or, you know, he feels the pressure, and yes, he has their number. South Carolina just has theirs. I, I I totally get that but they're desperate right now. You know, they've, you know, best they can do is eight and two right now. And you still have, you know, the Georges of the world. So, I mean, and I don't know what their, their Western conference or the Western uh, side of things looks like for South Carolina, but I mean, they can't afford to lose this football game. They have everything. Will Muschamp has everything to lose. So it's my estimation that whatever South Carolina has, as good as as they can possibly maximize their effort if you don't see it Saturday, then you're not gonna see it at all he's just gonna be gone and 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 this thing will turn into a free fall and he'll be he may not finish the season out uh so you're gonna get whatever they've got. they're gonna throw the kids and sink at the commodores of that I feel confident
0: yeah, they have lost five in a row, and I don't have the current schedule in front of me, but I saw that it was written somewhere that this was kind of a must win for them because they had a gauntlet of like three ranked teams coming up right after this. I'll pull it up on my phone and take a look. But yeah, this is sort of a a must win for them.
1: It has to be. I mean I mean it it just simply one hundred percent has to be. And for Vanderbilt, I mean, Chris, help me out with something because maybe I'm seeing it completely wrong. But it just seems like and then not just this year, but forever, seems like We don't have nearly enough time. And all our passing routes are predicated on hot routes, quick outs, screens, things like this. I mean, like we just – and this year I did it because we simply don't have that time. But there's no, you know, seven-step drop standing in the pocket survey, stepping up in the pocket and hitting a receiver on a post. We don't do that. I mean, that seems to be completely missing – and and I know you have a true freshman quarterback and the line is, is, is pieced together. I get all of that. But if you don't have that in your arsenal at all, and these teams don't have to respect anything past the intermediate at the most, well, Ken Seals can only be so successful. This offense can only do so much. Even the running game will be totally affected by that. I don't care what it is who is only rushing for from getting to our quarterback in under three seconds and finding a way to hit flag routes, post routes, you know, seam routes, things like this, that we're just simply not even running, you know, or we're, if we're running, we don't have time to, to connect on. Um, and it seems like everyone else does every week and we don't have to do If we're going to do it, if there, uh, here's a perfect example of what I'm talking about, Chris, if a, if a, if a down in distance is third and six, I fervently believe before that ball is snapped, a, we're not gonna pick it up, but B, if we do throw the football and it's third and six, then it's gonna be about a five yard pass or, or shorter. That even the attempt itself is not gonna be enough for the distance. Do you is that just me?
0: Seems like we might have had this conversation in twenty nineteen, maybe twenty eighteen, maybe twenty seventeen, maybe even twenty sixteen and fifteen. So it's not just me
1: then. <laughs> no, I think
0: to me, I tune it out more this year just because I know what they're up against. But let me throw you a stat Cam Johnson has a 40 yard reception on Saturday against LSU. What is Vanderbilt's longest play other than that one? Longest play? This season, yes.
1: A uh, run by Javian Marlowe.
0: Close. He's gone for twenty-one and twenty-two. I think his long run in two games. But Amir Abdul Rahman had a twenty-seven-yarder against A&M. That's their longest play. I don't think they don't have another play over twenty-seven other than the one that Cam caught.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that just—I mean, look that back. I mean, how? What kind of? Think about this for a second. If you're at the back end of a defense and you don't have to worry hardly ever or ever at all. About, you know, what do they always say? You don't let somebody get behind you, right? Don't let somebody get behind you. Nobody's getting behind them, you know. And if we do have a big play, generally, say here's what I wonder. That play to, Rahman, to, to Abdul Rahman, I don't remember the play, but I wonder how far the pass traveled in the air. Yeah, I don't remember it either. You know, because I bet it wasn't 27 yards. I'm trying to think of how
0: many balls they've even thrown 15 yards in there. I think the one to Cam
1: might have been 15.
0: Right. I'm not either. I think the one they threw to Cam might have gone 15 yards in the air, but I think it was more run than catch.
1: You know, so, I mean, I, I don't know what the answer is. If you can't protect. And I don't know chris i i don't i don't know I don't know what you do, uh but I know that these defenses are feasting on that, and it's intermediate and end for everything, and that's you you can't even beat average teams that way or average defenses you can't beat them you can't do it
0: yeah, this was an lSU team that the week before allowed six thirty two and I know getting stingley back was a big deal, but you would think that when you're allowing that many passing yards there's an advantage to take advantage of some other defensive back on that roster somewhere, but they just couldn't do it. And I think most of it really boils down to protection, but uh, I don't know where else to go with the offense. I think it's going to be this way all season. Well, I will add one more thing. Where in the world is the misdirection these days and the jet sweeps and the things that they have run with defectiveness in in times past, you would think, especially when linemen are just teeing off on you on the pass rush that would be a good call somewhere. But again, you know, they don't ever seem to make that a staple of their offense until maybe late in the season. And sometimes it'll work and they just go away from it.
1: Yeah. I mean, right now we're at the point where we don't really have a choice. I mean, uh, this is clearly not going to get it done in this league, you know, and we, we still have the Georgias of the world, the Tennessee's, the, the Florida's of the world, man, we, we've, I hate to borrow a line from the carpenters, but we've only just begun. We got and we got to figure something out because if not, we're going to get poor Ken killed. And that, and these and these running lanes. And I will say this: I have I have felt like, especially given my preseason expectations, that this offensive line, from a run blocking standpoint, is I, I, they've been a little better than I expected there. Not that they're really good at it, but it's been a little bit better than I expected.
0: Oh, it has been better than I've expected, too, and it seems to me like they have run-blocked better through two games than they did on average a season ago.
1: Yeah. You know, and then now I know this is a complete gear switcher, uh, but uh, another thing that I was kind of really disappointed in Saturday is, you know, what was really cool to see, and, well, I think they graded out what, as a unit number one in the country. I mean, we basically got nothing from the defensive line this past week.
0: Yeah, that's where I was going to go next. Uh, I don't remember, did they run any A-gap pressures or anything like that just to disrupt LSU a little bit? Because they weren't getting pressure off the edge, and maybe that was just them getting rid of the ball. I mean, the funny thing is you go and look at the grades, and Mintz and Odingbo graded out pretty well. So pro football focused off those two kids played pretty well, but they just both seemed like they weren't factors.
1: Yeah, and I, I just—I was waiting to see somebody win a win a you know win a one on one battle, you know, and maybe a Watkins or a Davis or somebody like that, or win one of these new, one one of these one on one battles, and you know, and 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 pop uh, pop the QB once or twice and shake some things up, and I just never saw that. Shall we do the mailbag? We
0: shall. The Mailbag is sponsored by Vanderbilt fan Josh Minton, an independent insurance agent operating out of Brentwood who can take care of your insurance needs. Call him today at 615-933-1979. Email him at josh at hqinsurance.com. Follow him on Twitter at Joshua Minton HQ or at facebook.com forward slash JD Minton HQ. He is my insurance agent. Give him a try and tell him you heard about him on the vandy sports podcast dusty orleans says if you could buy a cardboard cutout for the stadium seats whose picture other than yours
1: would you pick chancellor Deermeyer's. <laughs> all right oh uh, what you know and now now that's where your job is to ask
0: me why 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 would you pick chancellor daniel Deermeyer?
1: I would pick Chancellor Deermeyer because he, at least right now, represents a hope for change. And, and you know, now will that be the case? Is he a champion of it? I have no idea. But it's—I mean—I have to pull for something. y you, you, you know what I mean. I, I, I have to—I have to put in something, something, because it's not going to be on the people that were already there. I can tell you that much.
0: Uh, no, I think that's become clear. Mr. Vandy says, what are your thoughts on the true freshman who have played so far?
1: Uh, okay, uh, let's do this. First of all, on Ken Seals, uh, well, I think he's tough as nails. I really like him. He's mature. He didn't do much Saturday night, but, I mean, what could he do? You know, there's only so much that you can do. Uh, so I, I really like him a lot. Uh, as I mentioned, Bradley Ashmore. I think Bradley Ashmore is going to be a very good football player who, I don't know, Chris could end up being the left tackle this time next year. You know, Uh, I mean, we'll see. It's it's all about how he progresses this year. Uh, But this cat, I think about it this time last year, he was a high school senior in Florida Uh, and and now he's potentially manning the right side in the Southeastern conference. Uh, Donovan Kaufman. What can I say, Chris? I, I love the guy. I think he's going to be one heck of a football player uh give me some other freshmen the true freshmen that uh, that we've seen uh so far um i'm
0: looking down the list i think offense that's it well mike Wright has played a little bit so that's i think the only yeah, other one mike on
1: offense yeah mike Wright, hey you know well but you know I, i'll tell you what uh i i think he's 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 i think we we have i think there's certainly a place for him this year, uh, I do, and in, in certain packages, there's, you know, I mean, he's he has a really nice skill set. I'll tell you this: I thought that spot was a terrible spot. To be real honest with you, I don't know that he scored a touchdown, but I thought that was a terrible spot uh, when he was going for the pylon. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he he offers a little something. Now we don't know what he looks like as a quarterback. Quarterback, uh, we've just seen him in you know uh, certain packages, situations. What do I think about him if he? Had to throw the ball 25 times. I don't know. I haven't seen that. So uh, uh, what about on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, who who are some of the other guys who have played? I know I've seen Ethan Barr. I didn't see I – did, I don't remember seeing much of Ethan Barr against LSU. Did I miss that?
0: Barr did not play quite as much. He had 11 snaps. I believe from memory he had 17 in week one.
1: I and mean, At first I didn't realize who it was. Who's 50? Who's a big dude here with him? Was. Uh, so I didn't really see much at a bar uh, for, for LSU. Is, is there anybody against LSU? Is there anybody else that played? Because I mean, I'm sure there are, but they're not sticking out to me right now. I think
0: as far as true freshman, that's it. I think Justin Harris is a red shirt, right?
1: Justin Harris, the safety. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, wait a minute. Now, yeah, Justin did, is a uh, red shirt. Did Will Shepard play?
0: He might have Shepard played a snap pass? or two, but I don't think he got a target. Uh, they don't list him
1: yeah,
0: and, and look. on against LSU. I will check A and M. I want to say maybe he got a snap.
1: And so I want to make sure I have this right. Okay, so. Uh, Let's let's take a player like Keon Brooks. So if I'm understanding this right, okay. So does that mean that he could play this year and next year he'll be a well? No, wait, wait, wait. No, let me take somebody who, who played a minimum of four games – or the the max four games. Uh, so so if somebody played a max four games last year and didn't play any more as as true freshman, and then this season doesn't count. Does that mean that technically they could be going to their third season of playing and would just be a sophomore
0: i I think so. That's a good question. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I believe you get a pass this year, so
1: yeah that oh, makes you do. no sense so, but I mean basically, we have a guy some guys who've played a season and a half and'll be going in as a sophomore uh next year and now, how much does Brooks help uh you know it certainly can't hurt. You know, uh, how much will that help depth-wise? You know, look, running back hasn't been the problem so far. You know, so it's one of the few areas that has not been a problem. But I I think that uh, he may help out a little bit. Uh, You know, I've been pleasantly surprised, not surprised, but pleased with, uh, and I know he's not a true freshman. I think, you know, Ben Bresnah on the show, he can make some pretty decent catches and do something with it after the catch. Uh, I'd really like to see another tight end step up, Chris not named Fresno Hunt. You know what I'm saying? I think we need another one. I don't need him to be Kyle Pitts. That's not who he is. I get that. But I would like to see somebody else in that rotation step up.
0: Ball has been getting a lot of time. He has started both games. I don't think he's even come close to being
1: targeted. Yeah, and that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, because I knew he had. But I don't – I you know, I think he – they highlighted him for something Saturday, but it might have been a penalty. I think it was a false start is what it was or something like that. Uh, but I, I think we need a little bit more help out of that uh, group besides uh, besides 86.
0: Ann door says Miami has the turnover chain. Ole Miss has the turnover bag man. That's funny. UT had a garbage can, and what should Vanderbilt have? The
1: golden cheese grater. How about it? You ready?
0: Sure, let's hear it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the golden cheese grater, man. That's what I want. I need course, an explanation. we got to force the first. I don't have one. And it just first, that was the first thing off the top of my head. I didn't know what question was coming. And that's the first thing I thought about was the cheese grater.
0: <laughs> Glad to count on you in a pinch. This hey, one man. should be a little easier. Well, Door King's, <laughs> <laughs> Door King says, what makes Jenny's ice cream so special?
1: Oh God! First of all, their owner, uh, Jenny, she is a ice cream. Uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, prodigy. She's an ice cream prodigy, man. She, you know, I, she is so awesome. I like. I watch videos of her, man, and and you know, she's all about her product. You know, she. I think she was a a perfume designer, uh, initially. You know, that, that's how she kind of got started. It was a perfume designer. And that led to to other things. But why is their ice cream better? Because she demands that of them. You know, she demands that of them. And if if you haven't taken a bite of it yourself, just here's what you do. Here's what you do. Because I saw a really cool thread on on your website, which, by the way, is so awesome. And if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're a member of that website. But that doesn't have to be the case. The the thread was about... uh, Even though I don't particularly love the tacos at SATCO, uh, that's our tradition. We like to go to SATCO. Uh, We do that and we follow it with a trip to Ginny's. Now, to Ginny's Ice Cream on the corner of 21st and whatever that street is, I have no idea. Here's what you do, okay? Here's your game plan. You go in, you tell them you want a waffle cone, not the cup or the pint, because they make those waffle cones right there in the store, and the smell just illuminates the entire place it's unbelievable all right now here's how you want to do it the bottom scoop is going to be gooey butter cake yes the pride of st louis gooey butter cake and then on top you're going to get a big fat scoop of cream puff. all right you're going to sit back now everybody knows now chris for a a jenny's professional when you get your jenny's you don't just leave There's a strip right behind where the ordering line is where people go to sit down and conversate and talk with each other, perfect strangers who are just enjoying a great scoop of ice cream the way that it was meant to be made. So you sit down and you talk about the game or your troubles or the the girl you love or whatever the case may be. You sit there and you're eating your cone. Now, when you get down to the very last bite, Chris, of that cone, at the very bottom i'm pretty sure they must have some kind of secret that i think maybe they dip in in butter or something like that because that last bite that last crunch of that cone is so buttery it will send you to new heights of ecstasy man it is unbelievable it's breathtaking and the only thing you do when you get done with that bite is start dreaming about the next time you walk through the door in that line to get another two scooper. And that, my friends, is why Jenny's ice cream is better than every other ice cream on the planet. Now, Jenny or anybody listening to this, I make a living out of describing food for people in restaurants. I've made a very good living at it. What You need me and I need you. We need to be together. I believe in you. Believe in me. I will help take your product to the next level. Ladies and gentlemen, Jenny's ice cream.
0: I feel a sponsorship coming. You should. It should be.
1: You should. I. Hey, let me tell you something. Now, now I have several people that I do you not know, do sponsorships for, but, I mean, there's a couple of them that you know that you can just hear it. You know, there's they're a little something special. They're one of those. Now, they're not a sponsor, uh, but they should be. <laughs> we don't have Jenny spoilers here in Jackson uh, but we do have them by the pint in one of our stores around the corner. Uh, but, yeah, it's just it's unlike any other ice cream I've ever had. It's just amazing.
0: They're now two within a mile and a half of our house.
1: Just rub it in, why don't you?
0: That's, that's what I was trying they have to a do. New
1: flavor call, they have a new flavor, by the way, called Atlantic Beach Pie, which features lemon tart sweet cream and a crumble cracker crust. That uh I have not had yet, but I've had a couple of people tell me about it. They say it is off the rip.
0: There's a coffee shop fifty feet away from the New Jenny's here. Did I tell you who owns that?
1: Uh hang on, I can do this. It is uh it's 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 Keith Bullock.
0: Yes, that's correct. And he's apparently there a lot. My wife has bumped into him and really likes him.
1: Keith. Bullock. I'm a big fan of Keith. I still remember the game that he played against Tennessee in Knoxville when he was at Syracuse and it was one of the most dominant performances that I'd ever seen.
0: The only time I've ever been to a Colts game in Indy was when he was there and he picked up a fumble and ran it about 60 yards. In the last 30, he knew nobody was going to catch him and he was waving the ball in the air and high-stepping and stuff. And I still remember that we were sitting in the end zone and he was running right towards us. We weren't in the lower deck, but we were in the upper deck. But that's my best Keith Bullock memory.
1: The only thing that I would say is he clearly got lucky. Clearly. By the way, I, you know, I, now I know you got to go, but let me throw this out because this kind of was hitting today. And man, man, um, the whole deal. Of course, you know, being in this business, the whole deal with Paul, Kahors- Paul Kaharski Paul Kaharsky today, and that report, you know, kind of shaking things up in the six one five. A lot of people, including Titans players, angry with Paul Kaharsky. Is their anger justified?
0: I have not seen the report. I've been busy with my whole stuff all day, but I was unaware that uh, people could get angry at journalists.
1: Well, reported that they that the players had got together away from the site uh, and were practicing uh, despite uh, specific orders not to do so at uh, maybe one of the area private schools or something like that, and there was photos and everything. And of course, he was just reporting it, but a lot of the players kind of shot back at it, and of course, a lot of fans in the Nashville and in the Middle Tennessee area, Titans fans, period, uh, none too pleased with him. You yeah, know, just doing a job. Not angry at the Titans who, who, not not angry at the Titans who allegedly did what they were not supposed were instructed not to do, you know. But at Paul Koharski. and so my question is: their anger misplaced?
0: You know, people have jobs to do, right? If you don't like the script, then change the narrative. Do something different.
1: There it is. There it is, man. All right, what else we got, fat boy?
0: That's it, my man.
1: We're going to call it a wrap then. And I'm, Here's what I'm going to hope for. Here's what I'm going to hope for, Commodore fans. I'm going to hope for A, a victory Saturday. By the way, what time's kickoff Saturday? 11. 11, good, good, good. I don't have to wait all day to be miserable. All right, so uh, I'm hoping for a win for Coach Mason and the boys, do their thing, get, up, get their first win of the season. And, B, now I have been pretty vocal towards the athletic department at Vanderbilt, certain person in particular. Uh, I hope this silliness stops and right soon because what is happening is insane. And it's wrong, and they know it, and I personally am not gonna be quiet about it. I don't give a damn if they care or not uh but what they're doing is wrong, and I promise i'm gonna let them make sure that at least one person knows how knows it, and I'm not putting up with that crap, man, and I don't care how much they don't care i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure everybody knows about it every time they do it.
0: I went back and looked at the internal memo that Candace Lee sent to campus after the media relations thing. I'm going to read you some excerpts
1: of this if you have a
0: minute, because I think there's three things in here that caught my eye, okay? Here's a portion near the first. We didn't quote, and again, this is Candace Lee in a memo to campus. We didn't quote, eliminate or quote, abolish our communications and video departments. The athletics communications staff has worked in conjunction with the university communication staff for several months now on various initiatives. The restructuring presents an opportunity to more closely integrate our staff with theirs to ultimately increase our output and resources. Such expansion is necessary to ensure that we are serving our student athletes, coaches, and stakeholders at a higher level. Uh, Now let me ask you a question. This says they're about serving their stakeholders and everyone else, right? Right. Can you explain to me how you are better serving your student-athletes if you shut one of the two biggest media outlets that covers you out?
1: Yeah, you're not. You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Yeah, you're not doing it. You're simply not doing it. By the way, hey, Chris, can I borrow your media guide this week?
0: Uh, They finally do have one. It's online. Uh, but it, I took a week,
1: week number three, we finally have a media guy.
0: Well, I, to be clear, I, they may have put that out before the season, but I was checking week of, and I still don't think it was out. Okay. Excerpt number two, as part of this restructuring process, some athletics positions in communications, graphics, and video have been eliminated. The movement of functions and centralizing to university communications is also happening with other areas of the university, not just athletics. To be clear, the decision to eliminate these positions was part of a comprehensive review process and not just a reflection of the individuals affected or their service to Vanderbilt. It was purely a challenging yet necessary organizational change based on our needs it is not driven by the pandemic understanding we have been examining these areas for quite some time as part of this process university communications has been and will be creating positions to provide services to athletics now let me ask you this eric dolan who i very much like by the way don't mean to put this guy on the spot is now running men and women's basketball you ever heard of that before at a division one school? Uh,
1: not not in a division one power five school. I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but I've never heard
0: of it. I don't think the SWAC even does that. But uh he, by the way, he's also running swimming lacrosse and there were other sports. I checked his bio today. Uh they ran off the screen and we got a dot dot dot. So I'm not sure how many poor Eric Dolan is covering these days. But um I wanna ask you, where do you think this fits into better serving uh their students and stakeholders?
1: I don't see how it does. And weren't weren't the ones that were necessarily removed also told that they could reapply for those positions, the new ones that they were creating?
0: Uh, Yes, they did. Uh, And several of them just took off and left in spite of it, not trusting the school, including maybe the best one they had over there in Andrew Pate. And uh, several other people were not rehired. They still don't have – Uh, any positions I don't I don't think the video positions for baseball well I shouldn't say that they have been putting out some video content but I think they are using a lot of the original footage that the people they got rid of stuff that they put together let me read you the third excerpt here I understand that some change is hard and I'm truly empathetic to how it feels to endure such change I also understand that some things will require disruption and discomfort as we chart our next steps. Things are often harder before they're better. Well, that's the one thing they nailed. They're definitely harder now, but they will definitely get better. And frankly, we cannot apologize for doing something we believe for that is best for who we serve. Now, my question to you is, who are they serving? Is it their customers or is sure it their buddies at Kirkland Hall who don't want to look bad uh, and, and don't look kindly upon people who write critical words uh steven Ortell and ian morrison may be two i'm speaking of
1: yeah uh who is it exactly that you serve i'll say this i know where they can scrape i know where uh they can find eight hundred thousand dollars lying around
0: yeah you know. i i know that as well and they, they also uh, left
1: and I, look i say that yeah. this is not personal though they're it's starting to get that way um there's a reason, too, very well thought of people who had to be brought in, had to be brought in, if they're, if they're serious about this. Why? Why did that happen? Why was that necessary?
0: In their defense a little bit, okay, I think that's been planned a little bit, although I do think that McClellan, I don't think was her idea. Um, I, I might be wrong about that, but what I'm hearing is that the chancellor did that one on his own. So I don't know if, if she picked Kelly. I would presume that she so that did. That
1: means he thought it was necessary. If well, if he did it on his own, then what? That he, means he thinks it's necessary. Right.
0: He did. And now I, I think it was. I, I think, you know, Lori Alexander is gone now. I like Lori personally. I, I don't know that she was a second in charge AD type person. So he figured that out pretty quickly, too. But I mean, look, lack of talent in McGugan has been an issue for a long time. And. Um, I, I mean, look, we've done this podcast before, so.
1: Yeah, we've done this podcast before, but I mean, that's what they count on, man. I mean, that's, that's, that's what they count on a beat down base.
0: Well, you know what, if they want us to quit doing this podcast, there's one easy way to prevent that from happening. Can you tell me what that might be?
1: Well, there's a couple different ways they could get us to stop doing it. Uh, but change their ways and do what they've been charged to do. I mean, and stop, stop working. If you work half as hard on making this thing work as it was finding a ways to go about not making it work, we could compete with almost anybody. But no, we, we the hell we're trying to beat LSU and Florida and Georgia and Tennessee and Alabama and all these other schools. We are beating ourselves. We, I'm telling you right now, uh, we are by far our toughest enemy. Forget LSU. I mean, that ain't nothing. I look at what this could be. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is how much that stuff matters to me. 40 something years. I'm a sidewalk alumni. I never went to school there. You know, I have kids that went there. But it matters that much to me. You know, I mean, there's no telling how many. I bet I've spent a couple hundred thousand dollars in my life overall on, on this. School and all this other stuff. I you know, love this program, and it disgusts me to watch some of the people within it who have their nose turned up at people like you and me, and, and people that truly care, and, and 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 just are just so sure that their way is the right way to excommunicate everybody else, and walk around like the cock of the walk, and and at every turn. Because I'm gonna tell you something right now. Even though Chris isn't saying, I'm saying it right now. Do you know how? amateur. This whole crap is what this press, uh, this, these press credentials is. This is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my entire life. You don't have to like Chris. You can get pissed off by the stuff that he writes. That's fine. But he's not out there lying on you. He's not out there calling you disparaging names. He's simply reporting from his sources, nothing more, and asking tough questions. And what do you do in return? You blackball him and say things like, we don't have enough space. Okay, guess what? Let's pretend like this is about space. If I were running things and I know that you weren't available, or that you weren't able to go last week, that we did not credential you last week, if this was a matter of space and nothing more, don't you think that I would make sure that you would be the first person in there this week? Does it yes. take a Rhodes Scholar to figure that out? No, because everybody knows what you're doing, okay? We are not stupid people. We know what you're doing. Stop being petty. He's doing a job. He's representing a whole lot of us out here who are waiting for you to stop this. It's ridiculous. There is no reason for this. And the worst part about it is is you know what it is to be a Vanderbilt athlete. You know what it is to be a Vanderbilt athlete. So when you do these things, it's twice as bad. It's one thing for somebody who comes to and never had anything to do with this. And this is not just about Chris's credentials, because you know good and well this goes back even to Malcolm Turner. And you know how you handled that. Come on. I, I, I'm done, Chris. I can't. This stuff makes me sick.
0: Well, if they're listening to this podcast and they do listen to these, I will just tell them one thing. And it's really simple. If you want me to stop being critical, stop doing stupid stuff and stop treating people poorly. Frankly, if you try hard at something and you put out a good effort, and it doesn't go well. You know what? I might note that. Because that's my job, but I'm not going to be super critical. When somebody goes out and gets a good effort and does the best they can, I'm not going to be critical of those things if they played a good game, so to speak. But if you do things that are the exact opposite of the way people who are competent in your profession would do them, I'm not being honest if I'm not being critical. And I think people who've listened to me for a while know who I am. That's my brand. You don't have to turn on the podcast and wonder, is he telling the truth or not? Now, look, we all have better days at our jobs than others. Sometimes our info first blush is better than others. We all make mistakes. You know, hopefully you issue your retractions and move on. But I wouldn't take back anything I wrote or said. I take that back. The only thing I would take back is I was hard on Malcolm Turner at the first. And I still think that Malcolm had a lot of culpability. I still think they should have hired another AD. But I think that Malcolm, for the most part, got fired or was pressured out, however you would like to term it, because he did things that would have pushed athletics forward that they didn't like. So if you guys listening would like me to stop being so critical maybe you should take advice from the people who know what they're talking about and know how to run sports and run a program that way. I think you will find that the reception that you get on the other end by putting together a good, honest effort done in the right way will be much different. So if you're unhappy with what I'm saying, look in the mirror because you are the only person who is to blame.
1: And one thing that I will say at the end of the day is, and it's because, I mean, I'm critical too, but you know what? I don't want to be. I want to be on your team, CSL, and ever, and, and Susan Wintay and all of y'all out, out there. I want to I want to be on the same side as you, taking on the rest of this conference, representing VU in every way that it possibly can. I want to be on your team. I, don't, I, don't, I ask Chris, I hate this. It disgusts me because it just about physically makes me ill. You know, I, 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 I'll do anything for you, man. The school's so awesome. There's just something special about it that just others just don't have, and I want to walk around beating my chest. And that goes far more than winning and losing football games. Far more than that. This is not just about that. Not even remotely close. But give us something. Give us. Stop just saying things like. We've got this, we've got that. Now is not the appropriate time. This is never, it's never the appropriate time. It's always later on and later never comes. And there's a whole bunch of people in that town, media icons in that town, been around forever, who just don't even really hardly want to bother with you anymore because they know it's the same old song and dance. And I'm telling you, if you would redirect this thing and understand, you are not, you do not have to you're not making a concession on academics by what was this what was the statement that you were the one thing, chris every dollar spent on athletics is one taken away from academics correct that is such a that is such a short-sighted way of looking at things and you know maybe i'm completely wrong and maybe chris is completely wrong and his sources and they have it totally backwards if so, good, good. I I, I I'd be glad if, if if that's the case because that means that we are in good hands and that you are doing everything that you possibly can to further this institution academically and athletically. But I can't, I I just don't see how that's the case. I I, I just don't. And that mess that that Al, uh, that was Alfonso Harvey pulled. I mean, sorry. I I always liked him. Uh, I mean, I, I still do, but that mess that he pulled, with Will purdue I mean, that's such a horrible representation of what this university is supposed to be. Horrible. No well, culpability of any kind that I can see.
0: That's not the first time they've pulled that stunt on people, and you know what I'm talking about.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to hide it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. Well, I mean, it was a disgraceful thing to say, disgraceful, because i read the whole thread word for word, syllable for syllable, and there was nothing, nothing that could make someone derive that. Nothing. Nothing at all.
0: No, that's that's their emergency break. When they have nothing else, they pull stuff like that. And look, if I was wrong about the stuff I wrote, they could have proven me wrong in One hour, two hours, whatever. They didn't. And the media relations thing is exactly what I said it was. And instead of admitting they were wrong and saying maybe we screwed up, they've just doubled down and now decided to ban the guy who brought it to everybody's attention. And, again, look at what it is. They got a guy running both programs in basketball, um, you know, look. It It is what it is, but if they wanted to prove me wrong, they could have done it easily. They're not mad at me for writing things that aren't true. They're mad at me for writing things that are true, and this is how they react. And the way that they did Will Purdue too is also another one of, of their things from their playbook. That's what they do to people. And, and that's why I have been so... If people have asked me at times... What is your deal with them? What is it that's making you so mad? I've just seen so much crap behind the scenes that they do to people. Out, out of fear and intimidation and, and whatever else, and these little tactics, what has happened to me in the public eye now is the same thing that they do behind closed doors. I gotta go. Well, let me ask you one more thing. You have known me for about 18 years now. If they play well on Saturday, what am I going to write?
1: You're going to write what you see. It's that simple. You're going to write what you see. The narrative will be what happened. That's it.
0: Bingo. And if they play poorly, what am I going to write?
1: What happened? What happened?
0: And I will write that from the press box. I will write that from TV. And the narrative will not change based on what has happened to me. I will stick to what happens. Um, And that's the way it's going to be going forward. I think this is unfortunate, but it is not going to change the way I report.
1: And the good part about it is the people that that have viewed your work know that. And that's why when they see these outrageously ridiculous things uh inferred about you, they don't buy it. You know, not the ones that really know you and know your work. You know, you ask some people to question it, and that's fine. It's not about you being above reproach or being, you know, you shouldn't be questioned. Uh, but but your work speaks for itself. It stands up for itself. This is not a this is not a witch hunt, and they know that. They know it's not. You know, My- but like I said, hey, Kirkland, all the folks there, I want to be on your team. Nobody else is but your team. Give me a reason, you know get let me do that. let chris do let us all do that so we can go out there and we, and we can be the best we can possibly be that's all that's all I want i I don't want to dislike you. I want to be mad at you, you know uh, i mean i I want to be part of something way bigger than myself, even though i as i said i, I admit, I've never gone there. you know, you remember Chris, and then I got to go. You remember, I don't know, I guess it's been 15 years now, uh, maybe more. Uh, I told you about this. First of all, there's nobody in this state of Tennessee, west of Davidson County, that gives Vanderbilt any type of play or ever has for the past 20 years besides me. Nobody. Nobody in the media. Nobody. And I'm the same person that you gave a, a a working member of the media, you gave my press spot away in the press box to Peyton and Eli. A working member of a meeting, the only one who even gives a flip about you, that side of the Tennessee River, and you gave my press spot away, the same spot I'd been in. Time after time, to Peyton and Eli, or to Peyton and Archie—not Peyton and Eli, excuse me—Peyton and Archie to watch Eli play. Who does that?
0: Who does that? You do. You do.
1: You know. I mean, you got to treat the people. You got to treat your people right, man. It's insane. This makes no sense. Let's get this thing together. I'm tired of having these podcasts. I want to have a podcast talk about the great things that you guys are doing. I'd be all on board for that. I'll tell you this, I'd be as 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 emotional and passionate about that as I am this. But there's no chance in the world that I'm going to sit back and see what's going on and say nothing about it. I, I can't my constitution won't let me do that. I can't. I can't do that and I won't.
0: My friend, thank you for joining us today. Tell folks where they can follow you on Twitter and where they can hear your shows online.
1: You can find me on Twitter at at Bass and I'm on from 6 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday on 101.45 in Jackson.
0: Thank you, my man.
1: Yeah, you too, man.
0: He is Seabass. I'm Chris Lee, the host of the Vandy Sports Podcast. We should drop a fifth episode this week. That will be the one with Kevin Ingram. where we will take an advanced look at the Vandy-South Carolina game on Saturday. Thank you for listening to our show. And again, keep checking back for new episodes with the next one to drop sometime Friday morning.